How is Ethereum going to combat its fee structure? Why is Tezos maybe interesting for NFT investors? And how is Aave planning on onboarding institutional investors? That and more in the crypto market talk this week. In today's video, we will talk about Bitcoin, we'll talk about Ethereum, we will have a look at Aave. So we will also discuss the DeFi blue chips such as Aave, Compound, etc. But we will also talk about the NFT trend and why Tezos is at the forefront of this new NFT trend that's happening these days. We will also talk about Solana and Avalanche and why Avalanche might be a very good investment for 2022. But before we get started, let's jump into Bitcoin. Let's have a look at kind of the Bitcoin price as, as a general and the Bitcoin chart we will look at in a few seconds. But generally, what was the reason for the correction in the last couple of days? And if we look at it, it's very interesting because in Kazakhstan, on one side, you have these geopolitical issues that are, uh, of course, also causing Bitcoin a bit of headache. Why? Very simply. In uh, May 2021, so just before the summer last year, China announced that Bitcoin mining was essentially forbidden. That uh, caused a minor exodus, so about 50% of the hash rate dropped more or less overnight and went to Central Asia, to North America, to North Europe, so and so on. Now, in Kazakhstan, the geopolitical issues that happened last week essentially also caused the government to shut down the internet. And that, in turn, caused about a drop of 20% in hash rate on the Bitcoin network. It has since recovered a little bit, so all-time high hash rates have been reached again. But nonetheless, it's still a big issue, um, depending on how Kazakhstan is going to react regarding the internet and electricity and so on. But that wasn't the only bad news for Bitcoin last week. We also saw that the Fed has presented its minutes from last week and there the discussion of the raising rates is coming up. So we all expected that the Fed would de decrease the rates once again, but it looks like they might raise the rates earlier than we expected. That of course has then caused the Bitcoin price to drop again. Um, some people are saying the bottom is in, so um, such as uh, billionaire Mike Novogratz, he is the founder of Galaxy Digital. He's saying the bottom is in, 38 to 40,000 is definitely the bottom in my opinion. And he's also saying that there is a lot of institutional demand on the sidelines waiting for news like this to actually build a position up on Bitcoin. Whether this is true or not, we will see. Just generally, the Bitcoin price seems to have recovered in the last couple of hours or days. So it will be quite interesting to see how the Bitcoin price will develop in the coming days. Now, looking at the chart, and you remember from last week's crypto market talk, we talked about this zone being quite interesting. So the 40,614 US dollar line that I've drawn was pretty much hit to the T. So it looks like this was the bottom at least locally at least for now. So it will be interesting to see whether Bitcoin will be able to recover from this potential bottom. Now what are potential interesting entry points here? And again I've drawn here these uh, about 43,000 uh, US, US dollar lines that I think could be potentially a very nice entry point especially 
If you didn't try to catch the falling knife of around 40k, I would say that 42 to 43 is not too much of a bad entry. Should, let's say should, if the Bitcoin price, of course, uh, continues to go up. If it doesn't, so if this 40k line breaks once again, I think this 30, uh, 7,000 is also a very interesting zone. So we have some uh, kind of candles closing in here. So I do expect this to be a very interesting zone. And afterwards, I actually would expect it to go much, much lower with 37 and then around 30,000. Now, whether we will see this in this cycle or in another cycle is, of course, the question. A lot of traders are also saying that Bitcoin's new bottom was between 40 to 46,000. If that wouldn't hold up, I would expect this to go down much, much further. Now, what about Ethereum? And very interesting statement here from the CIO of Pantera. He is saying that Ethereum may facilitate about 50% of all global financial transactions in the next decade. And that is quite a lot. Like if we think about it in, in terms of financial transactions around the world, we were talking millions and billions, of course, and looking at the transaction speed of Ethereum right now, we're talking 15 transactions per second. So the question is, how will Ethereum manage this? And the CIO of Pantera is saying Ethereum 2.0 and cheaper fees because this is kind of the main issue still uh, that ethereum is fighting with these high fees and these issues uh, although there is a very big demand for nfts and DeFi on the ethereum network so i would expect this to stay steady and the fees will have to decrease in order to onboard new people because new people are being onboarded to polygon somatic as well as avalanche and polkadot as well as solana so these networks do gain popularity because it is quite expensive to participate in the ethereum network one of the solutions that are proposed is by Vitalik Buterin, the co-founder of Ethereum, and he's talking about multidimensional Ethereum fee structure. Complex words, but it essentially means that there is a plan or at least a proposal from Vitalik Buterin to uh, introduce new, a new fee structure that would mean that if you interact with specific smart contracts, it is much more expensive because the demand is much more higher for these type of smart contracts versus if you just want to send Ethereum an Ethereum transaction from A to B. So that would mean if you're trying to buy or sell an NFT from a popular NFT collection or if you're trying to yield farm on a DeFi farm and trying to gain some extra yield with your uh, ERC20 token, that would mean that the prices are much, much higher to interact with this specific protocol versus if you just try to send some Ethereum to your friend. Now, whether this will go through and how this will go through is in the stars because currently we have this EIP1559 and what it did is essentially just kind of generalize the fee structure. So it was beforehand, you had three different types of slow, medium and fast transaction types, whether it was cheap or fast um, or, or expensive to send an Ethereum transaction. But right now it is um, kind of generalized. So you have a, a general fee as well as a minor step in order to increase your transaction. Now, if we look at the chart, 
on the Ethereum price, we can clearly see here that the trend line has been broken. Yeah, this was a trend line that I've drawn uh, last week and it, it was clearly broken. Now, the bottom of around 3000 US dollars seems to hold up quite nicely. I would expect this to hold. And if it doesn't hold, I would expect us to go down at around 27 or 25. Below that, it looks a bit more critical in my eyes. But for now, I do think that we will have to reclaim this 3,400 US dollar line in order for Ethereum to turn bullish once again. Now, long term, of course, Ethereum is everyone is 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 touting that Ethereum will stay around five to 10K. Um, I don't see it yet. I think we will have to see some improvements on the scalability, some uh, improvements on the fee structure as well. So it will be quite, quite interesting. Uh, how are new users being onboarded to Ethereum? Are they gonna use something like Solana or Avalanche? Will Ethereum stay and will Ethereum, of course, like the Pantera CIO said, power 50% of all global financial transactions. One such alternative to Ethereum is Tezos. Now, Tezos was founded as an alternative to Ethereum, but in the last couple of months has really kind of dug its niche more in towards uh, the NFT space. Yeah. So what we can see here is that the NFT marketplace Rarible has launched an integration with Tezos. Quite interesting because Rarible is one of the four big NFT marketplaces more focused on one-of-one -one collection NFTs. Now that essentially means that a lot of people are banking on Tezos to become the next kind of NFT um, technology. I already uh, mentioned that last week as well. I see a lot of big investors really playing around with Tezos when it comes to launching new uh, NFT collections, essentially because it's much, much cheaper to mint NFTs on the Tezos network. Now, this is not the only uh, partnership that Tezos has in its plans. They also partnered with the esports giant team Vitality. So the goal will here be just general sponsoring and Tezos is known to sponsor different sports teams such as McLaren and also Red Bull Racing. Now, how will this sponsorship exactly look? It is more focused on brand awareness so i would expect them to wear like a t-shirt where it says tezos on top or maybe some hats or some computers with stickers on them so i wouldn't expect that to be kind of a lot of different um brand awareness or, or sponsorship type of things i wouldn't also expect the esports team to kind of switch to tezos in any kind of way or capacity but i can see some nft collections coming out i can see some just general uh, sponsorships so t-shirts and hats and so on now this is also not the only uh, partnership tezos also announced for example with ubisoft that ubisoft will launch an nft marketplace called Quartz and that will be powered by Tezos. Now it has followed by some backlash from the gamers so Ubisoft is still I'm, I'm a bit unsure whether Ubisoft will, will really pull through here and launch this thing on Tezos or on the blockchain in general because people are generally generally a bit wary when it comes to blockchain technology now if we look at the chart the chart looks as follows I am really surprised but kind of more bullish that this uh, bottom of around 3.98 has held up really nicely so I would expect this to hold up another correction again um, if it shouldn't hold up I would say around three US dollars or 2.15 would be the next bottom that would be interesting for Tezos but generally if you're let's say in, interested in NFT culture or would expect NFTs to go up 
and um, that that it's not just a hype or anything, then I would definitely look at Tezos on one side as the network, because the network, like I said, is expanding, but on the other side also as an investment, because you would indirectly then also invest into this development of NFTs. Let's talk about DeFi, specifically the DeFi blue chips such as Aave and Compound. So the Twitter data scientists has left Twitter spaces to join for uh, the DeFi protocol Aave. Very, very interesting move here, especially considering that there was this interesting word exchange between the former CEO, Jack Dorsey um, of Twitter, uh, where he said, maybe we should bring DeFi to Bitcoin. And then Aave's founder, Stani Kulichov, he has responded, maybe we should bring Twitter to Aave. And a lot of people have, have thought that this was just trolling on Stanis' side, but it looks like Aave is looking or, or building a platform in the space of social media and trying to bring or combine this with DeFi, with Aave specifically. Will be really, really interesting, especially considering that Aave is in the lending area, the biggest platform. We can see that 3.57 billion US dollars in TVL, so total value locked. So Aave is the facto the biggest lending platform in the DeFi space. And they will probably stay that way because DeFi is here to stay and Aave, like I said, is a trailblazer in that area. They also launched this very interesting new product called Aave Arc, an institutional version of Aave, which will work with just four cryptocurrencies. So Aave, wrapped BTC, Ethereum, and the stablecoin USDC. The idea of Aave Arc is essentially a permissioned platform. So that means not everyone can participate, but only whitelisted institutional investors. Now, whitelisting will be done by Fireblock. So they will look at every specific investor participating in this platform and only offer these services to the whitelisted companies. Will be really, really interesting whether there will be institutional demand for a product like Aave. I would expect yes. I would also expect the institutional investors shying away from the traditional DeFi protocols. So platforms like Aave Arc could be really interesting. That in turn could be really interesting for the demand for Aave, which we which we can see here is going not too bad. I mean, the bottom of around 169 seems to hold up. I draw this line from January 21, uh, from June 21, and now from December 21, as well as January 22. So it looks like this 160 seems to hold up as a bottom. Now, the question is, where would we go from here? I would look or keep looking at the lending numbers or the TVL numbers from Aave. If these numbers do increase and if we see really big number uh, inflows from institutional investors, I would expect kind of the demand for Aave to go up as well. And in turn, that would mean that we would reclaim around 270 or 280 US dollars, at least in short term. Mid to long term, I do see Aave at around 300 to 400 US dollars. And we stay in the DeFi area. One of the DeFi protocols is also Balancer. Now, Balancer is this uh, protocol where you can provide liquidity and do get a yield for providing this type of liquidity. And what they have announced is also that only 10% of the provided liquidity is being used. So 90% 
course more or less to waste and here would be it would be really interesting like how could you repurpose this type of liquidity and balancer has suggested that they could use this liquidity on other platforms such as compound finance and yearn finance and this is really interesting for compound finance because like i said compound is one of the DeFi blue chips we can see here um, the compound chart is a bit unfazed from it yeah so in the last couple of weeks compound finances chart has gone sideways i would expect this to stay like this unless we see a big liquidity influx into the general protocol we can see here it is not a small protocol by any chance so it's still on the third spot with around 8.13 billion us dollars in tvl but the problem with compound is it's only one chain it's only focused on ethereum it's not focused on scalability solutions such as matic or arbitrum it's also um very single chain focused so no multi-chain future for compound inside so i would expect this to go a bit more sideways and i would say ave is the more interesting DeFi blue chip play in my opinion let's jump to solana very interesting news from a solana platform called portals portals is a metaverse platform like a 3d world where you can dive in talk to other people socialize etc and specific um crypto exchanges in the us such as binance us ftx us have announced that they want to create offices in the metaverse now, how this will work exactly, I don't know, but I think in the time of the pandemic, it could be quite an interesting experiment to play around. It is not the only protocol or only uh, company that would launch offices on the portals uh, platform. Solana projects such as Radium, Magic Eden, Audius and Bonfida are also planning on launching offices and rooms in this portals space. Now, whether this metaverse stuff will really uh, kind of break through and, and not stay just hyped up uh, is, is a question of the use cases right now we see a lot of kind of very very basic use cases such as meetings and together kind of parties in the virtual world but whether this metaverse stuff will really bring new productivity into the industry there is the question mark another very interesting news from Solana is that the DeFi major um, serum so the decentralized exchange built on Solana is planning to do another fundraise of around 100 million US dollars currently they have around 70 million US dollars collected so far in exchange for serum tokens so that essentially means the demand for Serum is quite high and that in turn would probably mean that demand for Solana is high. Now Solana is fighting a bit in the infrastructure issues area and we can also see it a bit here in the chart. So the head and shoulders um, formation is done like we we are through with this the interesting part will be whether this bottom of around 120 to 140 us dollar will hold up or whether this will break for now it seems to hold up i'm still a bit unsure if i can be completely honest i'm not sure whether solana will break through these problems for now it looks like the infrastructure problems are in control but if solana really wants to get to its uh, all-time highs of around 260 270 us dollars it needs to get its infrastructure problems in check because the fee structure is great so there it already has a leg up on ethereum the scalability and and quickness and and um, speed of solana is also really really good so i think if they can get the infrastructure as well as the centralization problem in check then maybe this could work 
One alternative to Solana is Avalanche. Now, Avalanche has announced the following partnership, but it's specifically Ava Labs. Ava Labs and the EV maker in Turkey, TOGG, have announced a partnership with the goal to create smart contracts, Internet of Things, and machine to machine communication with uh, the Avalanche network as well as the TOGG EV cars. So, this could look like a partnership between IOTA and Jaguar about two years ago quite interesting because obviously electric vehicles are tracking a lot of different data points and these data points could be used in order to share with other car manufacturers with other cars in the network kind of exchanging ideas and thoughts as well as improvements to the EV in general whether this will kind of crystallize because let's be honest here the TOGG EV producer is a very small producer I haven't seen any TOGG car in the streets avalanche is also one of the smaller networks if you think about it it's only been active since summer essentially and here here it would be interesting whether these kind of two underdogs could really build something interesting Another really interesting development is that the Avalanche and Phantom community seems to be the most interesting community when it comes to DeFi. So the DeFi transactions in these two uh, networks are kind of reaching all-time highs. If we look at the chains here, in general, we can see that Avalanche is on uh, the fourth spot with about 13.1 billion TVL. Quite interesting. And I do think that the next um, would be, of course, Solana with 9.8 billion, but still in the single digit range. So there is still a big difference between Solana and Avalanche. I do think that Avalanche is now the talk of the town and could be quite an interesting investment going forward. Now, Ribbon Finance, another DeFi protocol, also announced that they would integrate into Avalanche. And what we can see here is that a lot of different protocols are integrating with different scalability protocols. So Avalanche, Arbitrum, Polygon are all these different protocols that people and DeFi protocols especially are banking on in order to reach the next level of growth. Now, what does that mean for the chart? In my opinion, the price of around 83.5 US dollar was a very good entry price um, for the next kind of trend upwards. Whether this will um, cause kind of a big surge in AVAX pricing, I'm not sure. What I do see here is very clearly that the trend line seems to hold up quite nicely still. So I would say maybe the 83.5 US dollar entry was quite interesting. I would expect Avalanche to go up in the coming months and maybe pull an, a very similar uh, price movement such as Solana. I mean, technically it already did something very similar, but I would expect this to go even higher with additional usage on the network. That was it from the crypto market talk this week. Please make sure to subscribe to this channel. I will see you on the next one. Have a good one. Thank you.